the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement. Sometimes we do it through talk about retirement planning. Sometimes we do it through investing. Sometimes we talk about the importance of 401k, insurance, getting married correctly, spending things on new technology versus waiting for old technology to become a little bit cheaper. There's so many ways to skin the cat. I'm a little bit of a disconnect right now. I'm just getting over COVID. Uh, probably later today, I'll test negative. So I'm on the right track, but my brain's not perfect right now. So um, doing my best to prepare for the show so that I don't give you any bad ideas. Let's talk about investing. Let's talk about the stock market. Let's talk about today. Today's a big day. Today's a big day. We get the Federal Reserve meeting today. And will they do 50 basis point hike? Or will they do 75 basis point hike? Some people have started to call for just do 100 points or 1%. Get it over with. That would disrupt the world. Michael Saylor at MicroStrategy is saying, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Because he's about to get a margin call and lose about a billion dollars on Bitcoin. And what we've learned in the last two weeks is Bitcoin is highly um, correlated with interest rate hikes, and thus it doesn't really fight inflation. What does it do having been around for 10 plus years? Are we doing transactions with it? Nope. We've got other companies like Tesla in in over their head uh, because they put a big investment buy on Bitcoin, and now they're down considerably uh, hundreds of millions, not billions, but hundreds of millions on the valuation. So look for them to take a write down. Plus one analyst today is saying Volkswagen will take Tesla by the year 2024, the number of electric vehicles sold and that their best days may be behind them. The United States government is accusing of Tesla of their full automated driving as having the leading cause of accidents in automated driving. The problem is with that is they're the biggest automated driving software company. So that's misleading. And yet it also tells you that Elon Musk has been a bit of a showman. He's been saying we'd have self-driving cars and robo-taxis for five years. He expected them five years ago. Should we hold him accountable? Yes, because the internet tells no lies. Well, maybe it tells a lot of lies. You get the idea. Let's talk about some of the stories that we're seeing out there today. And let's take a look a little bit at yesterday first. Um, NASDAQ was up fractionally, the SP 500 down one third of 1%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down one half of 1%. The 10 year Treasury rocked up to 3.4%. Mortgage rates are going to go higher. Cost of borrowing is going to go a little higher. Cost of borrowing means your credit card, if it's uh, adjustable, it's going to go higher. Your adjustable rate mortgage is going to go higher. Everything that you're spending money on on an interest rate looks like it's going to go higher, whether you're a corporation or an individual. But it also means. I just got a big check a couple of weeks ago. I can put that check in an online bank and earn almost one, one and a half, two percent now. 
couldn't do that a year ago to a year ago. They're like, we'll give you, we'll give you nothing. We'll keep your money safe. That's all we'll give you. And then it turned into, we'll give you one quarter of 1%. Now you can get some pretty good returns on safe money. Safe money doesn't mean much to most of my audience, but safe money means a lot if you're 65 years older. Safe money means a lot if you just got a big check and you want to buy a home in a year. If you think things are going to get rattled up, getting two, two and a half percent way better than getting one, one, uh, one quarter of a percent. FedEx was up 14% yesterday, telling you that there are some winners amongst this debris. Bitcoin closed down yesterday at 21,916. It's lower today, but more on that in a moment. The S&P 500 might be looking at an extended bear market after dropping for its fifth straight day. One of the few bright spots on Wall Street was FedEx. It posted its best trading day since 1986. Wow. Reminds me a little bit of David, uh, David Lee Roth and Van Halen and Sammy Hagar, right? Those were the days. FedEx raised their dividend and added board members in deal with an activist investor. An activist investor is supposed to look at the company and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you merging with UPS? Look, Amazon's a delivery company. And then the board's supposed to like, oh, no, no, that's not a good one. But they could say, well, how about OnTrack? How about making a relationship with, why did you merge with Shopify and take on Amazon? That's what you like about activist investors. Is they're there to shake it up in a company that has needs shaking up or hasn't been shaken up in a long time. Apple CV service, already synonymous with Ted Lasso. It's becoming more synonymous with American soccer. The tech company agreed to broadcast every major league soccer game. Apple TV did for the next 10 years in a landmark deal. Apple's getting into more content. Sports content is way different than streaming content of Netflix. I don't know. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But I think that's an interesting side note in a market that's really getting decimated with the riskiest assets, cryptocurrency, getting hit the hardest, down 65 plus percent. And the safest assets like utilities yesterday getting brutalized. Why did utilities get hit? Because interest rates went higher. And if you can get 2% from an electricity company or a water company, then you know they're going to be around forever. They're considered a widow and orphan stock but you can get 3%, 3.5% in a 10-year treasury, bye-bye utility. There is sometimes no place to hide. Let's talk about what we're going to see today. First and foremost, the big biggins is FOMC meeting later today. Drop in treasury yields, relative strength from mega cap stocks start to stay off well. The ECB, the European Central Bank, run by Christine Lagarde, who I think is kind of like a silver fox. And I could be slightly inappropriate for a moment. In my industry, the financial industry, there's not a lot of eye candy. And there probably shouldn't be. But I really think she's the smartest woman in Europe right now. And she's probably the most important. So I don't mind listening to her talk because I think she's pretty intelligent. Since she runs the ECB. Oh, I didn't make that terribly clear, did I? Energy stocks are weaker today. Everything else has started the day A-OK. Now, when I say everything, do I mean everything? Uh-uh. Not everything. Because you know what I'm going to get to in Uno Momentero, right? First, I want to see the uh, volatility index. We're starting to get to the point where, like yesterday, when you sell off utility stocks, when I buy utility stocks, I buy them forever for the dividend. I buy them because they're predictable. 
The only utility stock I want to own forever is PG&E because California's got that wildfire issue. And they have protected shareholders from it in the last year with legislation through the state, which some people are very angry about. And I get that. So crude oil is down 44 cents state. It's at $118 a barrel. The NASDAQ's up 196. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 360. The SP 500 up 53. Gold's higher because we're expecting inflation march. Silver's higher inflation march. 10-year treasury sits at 3.38%. Just a scoosh down from yesterday. Bitcoin down 610 to 21,609. Bitcoin last night cracked under 20,000. You want to hear a quote? Here's a quote on Bitcoin. And I think this is the biggest one of the day. I'm going to use it in radio and I'm going to use it in television. Bill Gates says crypto and NFTs are 100% based on a greater fool theory. Now, you may not like Bill Gates because of Microsoft. I get it. You may not like him because he cheated on his wife. I get that. But you can't say the guy's not a smart nerd. He's saying that it's a greater fool theory. He's not involved in crypto, but he's not long or short either. He thinks it's a greater fool. Uh, Steve bought it. He needs to sell it to John. John bought it. He needs to sell it to uh, uh, Rob. Rob's holding it at 60000 watches it fall to 20000 There's some truth to that going on right now because there's not a lot of utility to crypto. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Stay with me. I got a big show for you today. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. So I'm going to talk a little bit faster today. If your phone has that half speed, that may be able to be the best way to listen to the podcast. I feel like I have too much in my head that I need to get out. Bitcoin's all over the headlines, so forgive me. I'm going to hit on it. And it may sound like I'm anti it. I'm not. If you liked it at 60, you better like it at 20. Or you better question why you liked it at 60,000. Because here you are at 20,000 saying, where are you? If you went all in at 60,000, you're a greater fool. If at 20,000, you have cash to buy more, hey, you did something right. If you've taken some profits along the way, like Jim Cramer says he has, not a bad way to play it. It's a very volatile assets. The best way to day trade is volatile assets. If you're good at day trading, I'm not good at it. So I feel not bad, but Tesla's Elon Musk he got a little aggressive. He bought 42,000 Bitcoins. Tesla's sitting on a $400 million loss right now. MicroStrategy, they own 129,000 in simple math versus Tesla tells me that's going to be a lot more of a loss to the tune of 1.1 billion. Michael Saylor is someone I don't like. I've never liked. I've known him for over 20 years because he was in the tech industry kind of in a different uh, um, role. I think that's the best way of saying that. He was one of those Y2K fear guys and how it's going to ruin the world. So he's been, in my opinion, in front of, how shall we say, fear and greed a lot of his career. He's a cult kind of guy. Got an email yesterday from one of our listeners, Sid, and he says, um, saw your monologue on Bitcoin and crypto. What's your view on Michael Saylor, CEO of MicroStrategy, who's been pushing the greatness of Bitcoin forever? And his public company through the company's board approval has invested heavily in Bitcoin. Whenever Bitcoin is dropped in price, he recommends it to his online followers to maybe do like him and buy more. He seems to feel Bitcoin is the greatest invention since gold. Um, so I think Sid likes Michael Saylor because Sid has never clearly done any research on Michael Saylor. And I think Sid owns some Bitcoin. And he wants me to say, oh, he's great. He's smart. He's all that. He's G whiz. 
But the truth is, Michael Saylor lost $6 billion back in the year 2003, more money than any human being had ever lost in a single day ever. MicroStrategy plunged 62% after the firm admitted that its 1999 revenues were 25% less than claimed. Fraud. And 1999 profit was actually a loss. Fraud. And as a publicly traded company, I think you put that CEO and CFO who sign off on that data in jail. He was 35 years old at that point back in 2003. So you do the math now. I don't think he's that smart. Now, if you like what he says, I think you like Shelton's. I don't. I like to vet the people that I work with. Call me crazy. Um, I work with a company, EP Wealth. And in past, I've worked with New Focus Financial. In past, before that, I had my own company. Um, EP Wealth has put out a market letter just with the typical questions that people are asking. Um, and one of the typical questions people are asking right now, what is the outlook for the stock market from here? And the answer from the company was, given the near-term elevated level of uncertainty, we are likely to remain in a period of volatility for the foreseeable future. The reality is that it's hard to identify catalysts for a sharp rebound at this point in time. It's unlikely that China abandoned zero COVID strategy or that the situation in Ukraine is quickly resolved. I think that's fair. I think there's a lot of pressure on inflation and inflation hits the average user, uh, consumer, and the average consumer says, honey, let's scale back. I've got enough money to retire, live till the day I die. And I want to cut back right now because what I'm hearing in the headlines. For the record, I don't live extravagantly. I own two pair of jeans and a $40,000 truck. Of which, here's the headline news for yesterday. Caught uh, three people crawling under my truck trying to steal a catalytic converter. It's an $8,000 catalytic converter on a $40,000 vehicle. That tells you these things are gold. Called the police. Police said, well, get them before he gets to the end of your road. We have a, basically a four-mile road into our little subdivision. It's a, uh, During a fire, we're screwed. We're in the back, 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 back. And they caught him. Um, identified him aggressively. Uh, sat in the back of a cop car. And uh, crime's going up. There's the haves and the have-nots. I'm not lost to that. I'm happy that I caught him before, he, or the fact that he was caught before I lost an $8,000 part. It makes me think of, should I insure this vehicle by getting a catalytic converter protector? And all I did was I, I looked up catalytic converters in Marin, and there was the, one of the biggest arrests ever. It was a huge, crazy bust on catalytic converter thieves. So you do need to think about insurance. And insurance doesn't necessarily mean life insurance or car insurance. Um, sometimes it's like maintaining your vehicle. And I should maintain with a catalytic converter protector if I like this vehicle. I should maintain other forms of insurance when it comes to investing. I shouldn't be like, oh, I like tech stocks, tech stocks, tech stocks, more, more, more tech stocks. You diversify to insure yourself. Just throwing that out there for you. This is a market where not a lot's working. Bonds aren't working. Stocks aren't working. Crypto's not working. Safe investments aren't working. But now savings is working. I think you have to note some of the positives and the negatives and you have to kind of massage everything that you're seeing here. Uh, the layoffs that we're seeing right now are all in crypto. I want to see, and this is a horrible thing to, for me to say, because I know this is going to be put into a um, a sounder at, at KDOW, my radio station. Rob Black likes layoffs. Rob Black has no heart. He's the Grinch that likes people to be fired. Layoffs are happening in crypto. They should. It was a speculative run-up. 
layoffs next should happen to some big tech companies. You've already heard companies like Meta, formerly uh, Facebook, Google, Apple saying, we're, we're, we're rethinking how we're hiring right now. We're not firing, but we're rethinking how we're hiring. And then to be quite honest with you, we need to see some uh, retail companies uh, shut down some stores and come out of the recession that looks imminent to me sometime in the next four to uh, sometime in the next three to six quarters. I don't have a crystal ball. It could all change. Putin could have a heart attack tonight and sweet. And I just said, oh, we're going to have a recession in three to six months or three to six quarters. Uh, that could change. A guy could have a heart attack. I don't think he's enemy number one, but he's darn close right now. Um, China could say, well, we've got three COVID cases. We're shutting back down again. So, you know, those Christmas gifts that you want made right now, we're not making them. And then suddenly we feel bad about sending all of our manufacturing jobs overseas through the years uh, because they can make things cheaper than American workers can. It's problematic to say the least. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, Elsewhere, oh, you know, I want to hit one more uh, casualty of Bitcoin, El Salvador. And if you watch the U.S. men's national soccer team last night, what a mess El Salvador is. They got this field that looks like it's a pigsty. Like it's a mud bath. U.S. pulled back to Taiwan one. It would have been embarrassing to lose to them, but it's a Nations Cup game. It's not World Cup. World Cup's be going on in about five months, 160 days. First game for the United States will be after Thanksgiving, so Black Friday. I think the world will take a little bit of a break. I think we have some things to look forward to. I know that sounds like Pollyanna. I'm not going Pollyanna on you. I'm not. But El Salvador uh, owns 2,300 Bitcoins as a nation. Bitcoin has shed 50% of its value. So their finance minister says he's not concerned. But if I weren't into, if I were an El Salvadorian, I'd be like, what are we doing? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. So just taking a look at how things opened up June 15th. We started with a little bit of a rebound. We've seen this more than once in the last six months, what we would refer to as a bear market rally, a dead cat bounce. Uh, you can name it what you want to name it, but there's a lot going on with inflation and it's shaking up world markets, including our stock market. The big story I still think that I have to continue to focus on, even though the stock market's in peril, Bitcoin's in double peril, double jeopardy, down $610 today to 21609 if it cracks 20,000, it's widely expected next level of resistance is 12,000. Wow. Let's bring on our, I was about to say the best guest, but I got COVID brain. Uh, just recovering from COVID, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. How are you today, sir? Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Good to be back with you. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better as well. Yeah, thanks. Um, I got all the vaccinations. I think I recovered pretty quickly, but... We're not going into that conversation yet, but although I think we could have that conversation of how COVID is still affecting the stock market two and a half years in, but we'll see where this goes. We got to start with Federal Reserve today. It's a big day, 50 basis points or 75 basis points last night. I was watching a little Bloomberg and some people were saying, let's go for a hundred basis points and pull off the bandaid. What do you think the Fed needs to talk about today? And what do you think they need to do according to briefing and what you're doing on with your research? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I frankly, you know, would like to hear Fed Chair Powell say that, you know, we, we missed the boat, you know, um, just some honesty that they are behind the curve on inflation. You know, he's been reluctant to, to concede as much. 
Um, but, uh, you know, my viewpoint notwithstanding, what we will hear or should hear today is the Fed announced a 75 basis point increase in the target range for the Fed funds rate. And I think you're going to have to hear, uh, you'll likely hear Fed Chair Powell uh, hit home on the point that, um, you know, that fighting inflation uh, is the number one priority at the Fed, uh, that the underlying economy is still solid, uh, but that the Fed you know, would entertain moving to certainly to a restrictive policy stance to make sure that inflation uh, gets tamed here and uh, and that that would be a good thing. And, you know, as he would communicate for for all Americans. So you think 75 basis points should be thrown out. Do you think Wall Street will freak out by that or will Wall Street be relieved? Or again, is it how he says it? Right. Well, again, to be frank, uh, the big picture column I wrote uh, last Friday uh, suggested that, you know, you had you had the Fed already telling us, Fed Chair Powell even telling us after the May meeting that 50 basis point increases were likely to be agreed to at both the June and the July FOMC meetings. Okay, so if if that is the case and that's pretty had been, you know, penciled in and let's call it a dark pencil, not even a light pencil. Um, why not just go 100 basis points in June? You know, um, is is that intervening period between June and July really going to make that big of a difference? Um, you know, we didn't think so. And uh, even coming out of that, though, we knew that would probably be a bridge too far for this more conservative minded Fed that doesn't, you know, like to shock the market. But uh, on Friday, we had put out our forecast at a 75 basis point increase this week when you know, the market was still only expecting 50 basis points based on how this Fed communicates. So uh, today, though, uh, it won't be a surprise if the if the Fed raises by 75 basis points. We can see that in the Fed funds futures market. You can see it really in the, the rapidly upward, uh, rapid upward move in the two-year note yield. Um, so it, it really will be a very interesting dynamic today to see how the market digests this. I would say that we knew yesterday even that that 75 basis points was nearly fully priced in, and yet the stock market still struggled coming off of uh, what has been really just a very ugly last week of trading with the S&P 500 falling more than 10% from its high last Monday. Um, so, uh, so it does give us some pause here. You might get you know a one-day knee-jerk rally effort, if you will. But the reality is, is the Fed is going to be more aggressive with its rate hikes. It has to be to get inflation under control. That's going to slow economic growth, and by default, that's going to weaken earnings growth. And it's that earnings estimate uh, item that you and I have talked about in the past that has been really sticky and still is a problem for this stock market because you haven't seen earnings estimates really come down to any great degree to account for what is undoubtedly going to be a more challenging economic period ahead. So... We started seeing some job cuts in crypto companies with earnings cut expectations like you're stating. I'm not putting, I am putting words in your mouth. Um, Would you think there'll be more job cuts across the United States in the near term future? Near term could be anywhere under two years. Certainly. Um, And and I think that, uh, you know, uh, even the Fed chair would concede that that's, you know, maybe a tacit aim of the policy here is to, try and, um, you know, uh, 
weaken the labor market, if you will, to reduce the potential for wage-based inflation okay. pressure spreading out and persisting, you know, uh, in, in a uh, negative degree. Um, and, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we saw a few of those announcements yesterday, that, as you referred to. Um, but, you know, when you look at, like, the conference board CEO surveys and, and the, the negativity that's coming out of those, um, pretty much can – you know, anecdotally determine that the the hiring activity is definitely going to slow, and you're likely to see it pick up in, in layoff activity, uh, certainly over the next few years. So let's talk about the next big headline. And I don't know briefing.com if they have an official opinion on Bitcoin. You mentioned earlier that we've talked through the years. It's been 20 years, roughly a one, three, five, seven, 10 year basis. I've never heard you or I go, I'm really bullish on Bitcoin. What do you see going on with Bitcoin? And maybe because we both have kids and let's age them to 25. What would you tell your 25 year old kid who's like bullish right now on Bitcoin? Well, you know, I would say, you know, this is what happens when you have a bubble. Um, That's my perspective on it right now. Um, You know, there may ultimately be some, some value in, in the crypto universe when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, when you have asset classes collapse 50, 60 percent in a short amount of time, it's just it, it, the reality is, is that they were way overvalued and and they were basically being propped up by momentum and, you know, people chasing uh, a good idea. And um, and I think that's sitting home in a really difficult, painful way for a lot of people who were, you know, riding that wave of, uh, of crypto uh, to those heights we saw last year. And, and you know, frankly, having, you know, having lived through the, the dot-com bubble collapsing, um, you know, it, it hurts. And uh, I think that uh, the, the tough thing now is that there's probably a, uh, an assumption that you're going to see a really big, quick rebound uh, because the thing is, quote, oversold. Uh, but you can get these little tactical rallies in the short term. But what we learned coming out of that dot-com crash is that, uh, you know, you're probably going to have a huge opportunity cost if, if you're in a kind of a buy-and-hold mode here thinking that things are going to snap back right away uh, to the peak because it's a much different environment. The financing environment is, is changing. Uh, you don't have that zero interest rate support structure anymore. Uh, and you certainly have a lot of uh, uh, weakened enthusiasm for this trade based on the losses that so many people have suffered who chased it. We've only got about two minutes. I want to end on, I see a silver lining with higher interest rates for the elderly who want to put money in cash or put money in banks, mm-hmm. savings rates. You've got two minutes. What do you want to talk about to throw out this the end of the segment? Well, I do, you know, I think that is, you know, a, a a, a good point. You know, you're going to see, uh, you should see savings rates come up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, an article I wrote on the big picture a few weeks ago talked about the fact that while savings rates are going up, um, they're still very negative on an inflation adjusted basis. So we've got a long way to go there in terms of them being, you know, a uh, an inflation fighting outlet for, for savers. And, uh, you know, and I, I just, I, my concern here as a market analyst, really, though, it just relates to the to the recognition that you know, earnings estimates are still too high. And so okay. the, the difficulty for the market here in the near term is that you can't determine what 
fair value is right now because those estimates haven't been cut properly yet. Well, let me cut you off a little early because I want to give you a good proper plug. Thanks very much. Um, he's been with us for years and years and years. Briefing.com, I think, is uh, great, insightful information. Um, and the relationship, I know, I don't know where he's going to go, but he knows he can trust me with a line of questions. I don't set him up in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't know where we're coming at. I think he does a great job throwing it out from the top of his head. Briefing.com can be found online at briefing.com. They are a reliable source of domestic and international news. I've used the service for 20 plus years. It is a pay service of note, um, but I think it's worth it. You have to have professional information if you're going to try to play the game of investing like a professional does. Information is worth what you pay for it. If you're getting your information from CNBC, you're basically getting information from a group that wants to sell advertising, not necessarily a group that wants to sell financial content. That's just my opinion. You can find briefing.com at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Patrick O'Hare, he's one of the best. So I could talk to market strategists all day and night. Um, it's, it's my favorite thing to do. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I was talking to my producer just a couple of minutes ago, and he was talking about how he's lived through three or four recessions. And this one's going to look a little different because it's going to hit the food supply. And that's tied towards Ukraine and Russia, obviously. And this is not tied towards fear of a pandemic. This is not tied towards uh, overinflated real estate market where we started keeping bad loans. The loans that we're making in real estate are generally well-received right now, well-vetted. Um, the average credit score is over 780, who are people of 770 who are getting uh, loans. So it's not going to fall apart. This is a different one. Um, I think all recessions are different. All bull markets are different. I think it's worthy of note. The big Fed rate hike. It's expected today of 75 basis points. I, that's not something you see every day is what I'm trying to get at. And I think it's fair to say that a lot of economists believe that the Federal Reserve has engineered many of the recessions in our lifetime. Because they start raising rates and then they get behind and they start being aggressive with it. And then they don't give time to digest to see how it goes. And then they go, whoops, we overshot. It's fair to say they undershot inflation. Now, will they overshoot fixing inflation? They only fix the monetary policy side. We have a federal government that's supposed to help on the fiscal side. America has been bracing for higher borrowing costs with the Federal Reserve having started an interest rate hiking cycle to stymie soaring inflation. When they raise interest rates, they make borrowing costs higher. That sits with you and I, and we go, oh, maybe I'll think twice about buying a car if it's a 6% loan versus a 4% loan, or a mortgage at 6% versus 3%, or a credit card at 22% versus we don't even know what we were paying last time because most people don't know their annual percentage rate. Adjustable rate mortgages will rock higher. So the Fed has a role to fight inflation. They also have a role to keep employment full. I was very concise in asking our guest, Patrick O'Hare, about you know how inflation is going to play into earnings 
cuts and earning cuts are going to play in job losses. Sometimes our economy is connected from the elbow to the toe. And you're like, what? Exactly. We're seeing inflation at 40-year highs. That's something that if you're under the age of 50, you probably don't even understand. Um, Coming out of the 1980s, we had high inflation under the Carter administration. Now, this is going to sound like a political comment. Don't get mad at me. Biden's not going to go down in history well for his handling of the economy. Some of you will say he inherited a bad situation, a bad set of cards. Some people will say he had a divided Democrats. He didn't have enough Democrats in Congress. He wasn't able to pull together his plan. There's probably a little bit of truth in all those statements. But what happened after Carter led to 16 straight years of Republican presidents. Um, That's worthy of note. Is that right? No, 12. Sorry about that. Um, and Republican policies are different than Democrat presidents, right? In the policies. Um, and if you think the president has a mandate, just be ready for this. Let's talk about the Fed, though. Um, the move is going to drive rates higher on everything from credit cards to mortgages. It means your debt is going to get more expensive in a hurry. I've seen savings rate get better interest rates in a hurry. Now we're about to see debt get higher costs in a hurry. Uh, The mortgage market's down 50% year over year in new issuance. That's dead. That's a ghost town. If you're a mortgage lender right now, you're going, uh, hey, anyone got a job? One of the funnier memes that I saw, and this is just stupid, this one, but I'll throw it out there is uh, it was a guy who's, and I saw it on Instagram because I post on Instagram. And it's a guy driving to Miami. He's like, living the millionaire crypto lifestyle. And he's in Miami with beautiful babes and a nice car. And then he goes one year later, learning how to be a janitor. I think there's some reality of what's the shift should be expected here. Of lower your expectations, be a little bit more humble on how you approach things. These are not the go-go times of low interest rates and cheap money. I will tell you, I've created an enormous amount of wealth in the last 20 years. I am wildly lucky to say that interest rates have helped me. I'm going to do everything I can to help you create wealth in a higher interest rate environment until we get back to a lower interest rate environment. But for the near term, we're in a higher interest rate environment. And we don't know what the midterm looks like at this point in time. Recessions do a great thing of wiping out excesses. We've talked about that all week. But we look at the Fed as probably raising 75 basis points um, this month as well as next month. Wow. Going from 25 basis points to 2.5%, essentially. Um, And then that's the Fed rates. Then you start factoring the two-year, the 10-year, and how the middlemen kind of mark it up. Previous expected fund 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 rates were expected to peak between three and a quarter and three fifty in the first half of next year. The forecast now is for about four percent. Now, just to give you an idea, I have said for twenty five years on this show, I buy stocks with a ten year treasuries under three and a half percent. I buy bonds when it's somewhere between three and a quarter and four. One minute. Am I going to be buying bonds in the future? Maybe. But for the last 20 years, I haven't had to buy bonds and I haven't had bonds and I've outperformed because I've had stocks. 
there's some cumulative effects with how the Fed raises interest rates. It's, it's not exponential, but it's pretty darn close. Wednesday's rate increase will have the biggest impact on credit cards, adjustable rate mortgages, and home equity lines of credit. If you have a home equity line of credit that adjusts, you're going to be paying more. Just know that. Credit card, you're going to be paying more. Just know that. Um, I bring it up because a lot of people have a lot of debt on credit cards, just where it mortgages and home equity lines of credit. And as they raise rates, people are going to start feeling stressed, not being able to pay it. We've got over a trillion dollars in credit card debt that's about to get a lot more expensive to service. Even governments in Europe today are complaining, we're not going to be able to service our debt if they continue rocking up like this. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.